0: This episode of the Derek Diamond Experience is brought to you by GameFly. Sign up for a free premium 30-day trial at GameFlyOffer.com NerdCave. One game out, shipped directly to you. No contracts, and you can cancel any time. GameFly has over 8,000 new releases for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo 3DS, and more. Rent as many as you want and get them delivered right to your mailbox. And to get your free trial, just go to GameFlyOffer.com slash NerdCave. Again, that's GameFlyOffer.com slash NerdCave for your free 30-day trial. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Welcome to episode 153 of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. And today we'll be returning to the roundtable to talk Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with my two special guests, Jason Robbins and Wally Phelps from the Pop Culture Palette Podcast. We talk about the movies, live action and CG, uh, the cartoons, video games, uh, even their appearances at MGM Studios at Disney World back in the day. So anything Ninja Turtles related, we get into on this podcast if you're a Ninja Turtles fan I really hope you enjoy it so without further ado here is the roundtable with Jason and Wally sitting here with my two very special guests on this special Ninja Turtles roundtable first my co-host from the Nerd Cave Retro podcast Mr. Jason Robbins how are you I'm good how are you doing good doing good also joining me is Jason's co-host from the pop culture palette podcast Mr. Wally Phelps how are you sir I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you doing? <laughs> doing good. It's been uh, it's it's been a long week. It's been a very long it, week. It, it Th- that's has. an
1: understatement.
0: <laughs>
2: you know, yeah. It, thank God it's Friday tomorrow. When I, we you know when we recorded this anyway.
0: I know, right? Uh, but yeah. I ask you guys to uh, to join me tonight to talk about uh, a subject that is very big. It has been big for a long time something that's been a huge part of my childhood and even my adulthood, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I wanted to start off by asking you guys, uh, what's your first memory that you can remember of the Ninja Turtles?
1: Mm. You want to go first, Wally?
0: Sure. Um,
2: (laughs) It's very random. I remember the first time I ever saw anything uh, when it came to them. And I was in line waiting for my bus at school, and the kid standing next to me was holding this turtle with a purple bandana on, and a like look like a stick. And I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> and he goes, "It's Donatello." I, again, what what are you even talking about? What is that? <laughs> and, He explained to me that there was this show on TV called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and that this was one of the characters, and he brought it to school to play with during recess, and I was enthralled. I'm like, tell me more, (laughs) and uh, I I, uh, immediately sought out the show. There was something else that we were watching at the time that came on at the same time, but I quickly learned what channel, and I started watching it uh, probably later that week.
0: That's
1: fantastic. I'm sitting here trying to think, and I'll be totally honest. I don't really remember the first time I have like my first, uh, you know, when I first heard about them, because it's kind of been there almost my whole life. Um, I do remember, uh, you know, falling in love with the 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 TV show first, uh, the cartoon that was on, uh, I think it started in 87. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to watch it every day after school, and and was just a huge Ninja Turtles fan as a kid. You know, even the we just talked about the uh, the the Nintendo game not too long ago on our Nerd Cave Retro podcast. <laughs> um, but I just I the turtles were so huge at the time, especially at, uh, around 1989. Like one of my best memories of the Ninja Turtles was not only uh, actually I still have it a picture of a Ninja Turtles birthday cake I had in 1989. Um, but also the next year when the movie came out, because we were still riding high on, on Batman the year before. And then in 1990, the you know Ninja Turtles movie came out and it was it was awesome. I mean, it was one, it was still to this day, I think, is one of the greatest achievements in independent film. Like, I don't know how they made that movie for the money that they had a, at the time. You know because yeah. that that was an independent film it was made without studio interference and the you know the just from the animatronics to the way the you know the turtles looked and and moved and and it was just it was perfect
0: yeah the the movie is the first thing that I think of when I think of the Ninja Turtles because it was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. And I, oh, remember, wow. I remember the exact theater that we saw it in. Uh, we still have the actual mall itself, Cordova Mall, but it was it was very different back in the early 90s. It had a single theater inside of it. It had the small concession stand, and it had one screening that you could go to. And it, when it came out, it was Ninja Turtles. And I distinctly remember sitting, you know, about, about around the midpoint, of the seating and just being mesmerized by it. I had seen the, the show before. It was just a a random circumstance. I was flipping through channels and seeing these four giant turtles fight ninjas in purple suits. I'm like, what in the world is this? Show me more. So and it, from there, I just well, fell in love with it.
1: Well, like we had talked about before, um, and I don't know if me and you had talked about this off air or what, but it's just crazy how like the longevity of the Ninja Turtles like it's still pretty big today mm-hmm. with kids like I, I you know I don't have kids but I have uh, nephews and and nieces and stuff that are really into the Ninja Turtles like you go to my mother-in-law's house and they have a playroom there for all the grandkids and it it is just it looks like Ninja Turtles merchandise just threw up all over the place and I, it's still just as big today but I don't think people can appreciate exactly how huge the Ninja Turtles were, like in the late 80s, uh, early 90s, you know, because they were everywhere. And that was the, you know, in the heyday of in the 80s when, you know, they would produce a toy and then make a cartoon around it, like, you know, the G.I. Joe series and Transformers and He-Man. But the Turtles were something different. You know, like it was it was like on on a whole different playing field.
0: And it's yeah. been it's been kind of crazy to see the evolution of it over the years as well because it started as a comic book back in the early eighties and it was black and white, very dark, very gritty, and then you know they moved to the cartoon, which is a complete 180 from that. Now yeah. I I remember when the cartoon first started, you know, going back and watching after getting the DVD set the original run of the cartoon, the original season, the first 6 episodes, they still had some kids element to them, but it was also a bit more serious than the show became. I think once it got once it got signed to a regular run, they just kind of went all in on the kid approach. But that that original run of the cartoon is still is still very good. And from there, you know, they did a trilogy of movies, Uh, they rebooted the cartoon series back in the early 2000s, and it's still going now on Nickelodeon. I actually, right before we started, I watched an episode of the new cartoon, and it was, the title of it was Transdimensional Turtles, it's where that incarnation of the turtles meets the 80s version. Wow. <laughs> and what and what's cool is they got all four of the original voice actors who voiced the turtles back in the 80s to reprise their role and they still sound exactly the same. Yeah. Wow. It,
2: it, it's funny cuz the guy who plays Raphael in the original is Donatello in the new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it couldn't have been too hard to convince him to <laughs> to come back. Uh, but it's – yeah, I mean it's funny because whenever I think of Ninja Turtles, it's across mediums that, that don't – sometimes don't even make sense. Like the live rock and roll tour they went on in the early 90s and the, uh, the coming out of their shells tour where they literally performed – and I put this in quotes – rock music. <laughs> uh, literally without a shell on um and it's it, it all the way to a uh there were ninja turtle um meet and greets at disney world mm-hmm. um, so i mean it, it it so one of my favorite memories is whenever i went to uh the disney mgm studios back in 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 the uh god mid 90s there was a studio tour that you used to be able to go on, and there was a tram that you rode in, and beside the tram was the turtle van driving by, mm-hmm. and the turtles were hanging off of it, waving at us, and I lost my shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember that I, that same thing. I remember seeing the turtle van at MGM Studios. Somewhere, I'm sure my mom still has my you know how you could get the little autograph book and get the characters to sign it i somewhere uh, i have a book with all four of the turtles in it it was one of the coolest I, memories i have from disney yeah
2: it it's uh i had that as well and i have pictures of me with uh with the different turtles and and april um which is weird nobody was nobody was asking april for an autograph or anything like that and i'm like hey do you want give me an autograph <laughs> you know <laughs> I mean, there's this pretty good-looking ha- redhead and a tight yellow jumpsuit. I don't see why I wouldn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, why not?
1: Did you ever hear about the uh, the actual theme song for the 80s cartoon, how it came about? It was made by uh, Chuck Lorre, the guy that created Big Bang Theory. Really? Yeah, and, and it was kind of just a demo of what it was supposed to become, and Chuck Lorre actually did all the Turtles' spoken parts in the actual theme song. So when they went to uh, cast the, the Turtles' voices, they they had kept his voice part in the actual theme song, so they had to match what the Turtles were going to sound like to that. I did
0: not know that.
1: That is and a true story. I, I think to this day, Chuck Lorre has never received a penny for the, uh, the theme song.
0: Well, that's messed up.
1: Yeah, it, it's kind of I, I can't remember. I think it was on the Nerdist or something like, like that. That was uh, they he did an interview with Chuck Lorre and he talked about that.
2: That's exactly what it was. Um, wow. I heard the same interview. It was, it was pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that really sticks out to me as far as the Ninja Turtles is con- is concerned is that it, it started out as kind of a parody of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And the fact that because the the whole idea was that the uh, ooze was the same chemicals that made Daredevil, Daredevil, and the and the uh, f- comic books had the hand um, in Daredevil comic books, so they are of course the foot in the Ninja Turtles comic books. Uh, Stick was. Daredevil's mentor and uh, and the guy that trained him, while Splinter, is the Turtles. Uh, So, I mean, there's a lot of parallels there that a lot of people don't even realize.
0: Yeah, I didn't even think about the stick-Splinter comparison. Oh, yes. Wow. I mean, you can see the similarities. Like, I knew about the hand and the foot, and that it was originally meant to be a Daredevil parody, but... Now, I had no idea about Stick and Splinter, but it's crazy how something that was meant to just be a knockoff became one of the most successful properties in in the history of media. Yeah. Because, as we mentioned, it's not just movies. It's not just TV shows. I remember seeing so much Ninja Turtle merchandise when I was a kid. You had T-shirts. You had backpacks, lunchboxes, uh, action figures. You know, they had all kinds of stuff. Pez dispensers. I remember having all the Pez dispensers. It was it was just a crazy, crazy amount of merchandise that Ninja hmm. Turtles sold, and they sold a lot of it. Yeah, I don't so, think they I don't think they turned down any license.
1: No. So what do you attribute to the turtles
0: longevity? Um I think I think in the original aspect, and you could still say it today, as far as the appeal of kids, I think it's just the simple fact that it's, you know, walking, talking animals that fight bad guys and know karate. And (laughs) I think that appeals to, you know, especially male kids. And I think now with us, it's, I think, at least for me, that's what appealed to me, and as far as the longevity goes, I think it's just a simple concept that just spans generations. Yeah, I mean, it's a really compelling idea. I mean,
2: whenever you look at it, there's four very definitive personalities, uh, and there's always the one that you know kids and adults can actually gravitate to. It's like, you know, well, I'm obviously the Donatello. <laughs> you know that count kind of, or or I'm obviously the Michelangelo and the um the, the the design of the turtles themselves is almost perfect like the idea of this person sized turtle with a shell wearing a mask because <laughs> how many other <laughs> masked how many other ninja turtles are out there that they yeah. need to hide their identity <laughs> you know and it it's it's one of those things that just is so bizarre and so compelling that it it's it just sticks with you and there's a lot that you can do with that idea
1: it's just, it just kind of makes me think about you know how long the turtles can you know still stay in the you know in the the pop culture pantheon because You really think about it. I mean, we're talking about the if we start from the television show itself. Like, the comic came out in, like, 84. Mm -hmm. uh, But the television series started in 1987, which is 30 years ago this year. Now, when we were kids, like, and you're talking about, like, people our age are having kids that are into the Ninja Turtles, stuff that we loved as a kid. Do you remember liking anything that, like, your parents liked 30 years before when they were kids like no we'd have been like we're talking like howdy doody and shit (laughs) like that you know it's like like there's just something uh, like i don't know there's something in the sauce for for stuff like the ninja turtles that just keeps it like it transcends uh you know generations
2: yeah and i mean to answer your question, is there anything that your parents were into that you were at that age? I mean, Batman sixty six is the only thing I can think of.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably the only. But even by then, my dad was a little too. I get it was a little too old to really get into, or because you know that, that was kind of an odd show. Not to really get into the Batman sixty six, but it looked like a kids show, but it was meant for adults. So I yeah. think there was kind of a. You know, my dad really. He never really got into that TV show. He was kind of at a weird age when that came out. You know, he was a late teenager by that point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is Star Wars, as far as my end. But, you know, that I, I remember, and not to go off on a tangent with Star Wars, but I distinctly remember, you know, watching that with, like, multiple family members. But that's really about it. But, no, it, it does speak to... To the longevity and the concept that that does span generations. And I think, Wally, you made a great point with the four turtles are similar but very different in a lot of ways because you have one who is, you know, the leader and kind of takes responsibility on himself to look after his three brothers. You have the tech wizard, you have the hothead, and you have the kind of the the California chill, you know, athletic, carefree turtle. And they all four have very core concepts to their personalities that everybody can relate to. So that does kind of give a good segue into my next question. Who was your favorite turtle growing up?
1: Uh, When I was a kid, it was Michelangelo. But as I get older, it's Raphael. Because, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty cynical the older I get.
2: Yeah. When I was a kid, it was Michelangelo, of course. And whenever I got older, it was, um, uh, uh, okay,
0: <laughs> it was Donatello. Yeah, for me growing up, it was Donatello, and now it's, it's really close between Donatello and Raphael. 'cause I love the kind of the struggle that Raphael has with you know having these three brothers, but he wants to to be on his own, so you see stories yeah. where he'll go off on his own, but then he always comes back to to the group so he he has a very interesting dynamic, I think, especially with Leonardo because those two just butt heads over you know personalities and ideals, yeah, so they're they're Interaction across you know multiple platforms has has always been very interesting to me. As far as the video games go, I know Jason. We've talked about it on on our Nerd Cave Retro Show. But um, what are some of the games that you guys played, or what what introduced you to the Turtles games?
1: Uh, well, I mean, of course, the the very first game that came out for the Nintendo. Um, you know, that was a pretty huge thing at the time um and a lot of people kind of dismiss it but I, i think it deserves a second look um because it's a lot better than people give it credit for uh and then of course the uh the arcade game came out which was the big four player unit uh in the arcades which was you know you couldn't even hardly get close to the machine on the weekends Um, so then they came out with the, you know, the arcade game, the Ninja Turtles 2 arcade game for Nintendo. And that was just, uh, I I remember spending many, many weekends and nights playing that game when I was a kid. Yeah.
2: I mean, and with me, I remember the arcade game before the Nintendo game, because I think I want to say that I encountered the arcade game before I had the Nintendo game. In fact, I was super disappointed that it wasn't the arcade game uh, when I got it (laughs) because the arcade game was set up to where it was four player and it was always people playing with you and you all had to kind of fight over the different joysticks that represented the different turtles. And it, it was fast paced action when the Nintendo game was given to us, uh, me and my brothers, we we were like, we can't even play this together. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, if you want to hear my full thoughts, you can listen to the Nerd Cave Retro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but uh, when the arcade game came out for the Nintendo, I was a happy person. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was a great. Uh, I I still love that game. I still play it from time to time. I have it on
0: Xbox Live Arcade on my 360. It's one of the better games that that I've played like of all time as far as just pure fun. I, I remember the same thing. I remember playing the arcade game when I was a kid. I didn't play it for the NES. I did play the original one, the first one. My distinct memory of that was anytime I would go to the dentist, they had a little waiting room for kids, and they had two arcade machines and an NES. The only two games they had were Legend of Zelda and Ninja Turtles, and I played a lot of Zelda, so I was like, I'll give this Turtles game a try, and it was very hard, but I I agree with what Jason said, you know, it it definitely deserves a second look, Uh, I think it's a little underrated as far as just the whole concept of it goes, I think because the arcade game was so successful that it kind of gets overlooked. Yeah. and then for the Super Nintendo, Turtles in Time came out, and that to this day is still my all-time favorite Ninja Turtles game because it it took everything that made the arcade game great and improved upon it. It's just fun to play. I still need to
1: get a copy of that. I I gotta find it somewhere.
0: It's chances are if you find it, it's gonna be a little pricey.
1: Yeah, that's what sucks about it is, uh, you, you know, those games are kind of hard to come by. And when you do come across it, unless you find somebody at a a flea market that doesn't know what they have, I mean, even still, even if somebody does have it and doesn't know what they have, they'll still ask Top Dollar for it because it is a Ninja Turtles property.
0: Yeah. But Turtles in Time is great if if you ever find a copy for a reasonable price, or I'm sure you can download an emulator somewhere. It's really fun. It's one of my favorite Super Nintendo games of all time. But uh, before we move on to the next topic, I've got a quick sponsor read that I want to do. For you, the listeners of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, Loot Crate is offering an opportunity to save 10% on any new subscription at LootCrate.com. And one of the newest items, speaking of Ninja Turtles, was a really cool Ninja Turtle shirt. It's a green shirt And on the front, it has these little line patterns. It's almost like the back of the turtle shell. And then at the bottom of the shirt, it has an outline of the turtles in their van. So you can get cool things like that. You can get uh, Nightmare on Elm Street chopsticks. You can get Venom coffee mugs, all kinds of cool stuff. It's not just, you know, memorabilia to wear. It's cool stuff for you to use in the kitchen, decorative stuff, Loot Crate's great. I've been a subscriber for almost two years now. Uh, I love it, and I never get tired of it. So to save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com slash nerdcave. Again, that's trylootcrate.com slash nerdcave to save 10% on any new subscription with the promo code Bridge Ten. Now, kind of segueing from the video games into the movies, they did three movies in the early nineties. And we touched on the first one. It's some of the most impressive bit of filmmaking that I can ever remember seeing, like watching it as an adult. I actually watched it earlier today, seeing those outfits, that movie holds up. It holds up really, really well.
1: Well, that that's the, the power of, uh, you know, the Henson, uh, what, what's his, uh, his Muppet factory or what's his thing called?
2: Um, the Jim Henson, uh, the Jim Henson Company.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Jim or whatever you know that they, they make all the uh, the Muppets and oh, the puppets. Jim Henson
2: Creature Shop is what. Yeah, the Creature about. Shop. Yeah, that's okay. right. I don't
1: know why I couldn't think yeah. of the word Creature. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's in large part to the Creature Shop because, you know, that, man, just the uh, the animatronics on the faces and the the you know the the emotion that they could get out of those you know, plastic, you know, turtle faces was just unreal for at the, at the time. I mean, it was crazy.
2: Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing is they had to convince Jim Henson to allow the creature shop to even work on the film because he was worried about the level of violence and they showed him basically, well, this is what they're going to be doing. And a lot of the violence happens at in the dark <laughs> and he, he was like, oh, all right, that, that sounds all right. But, um, whenever they actually started the testing of the suits, there was a lot of problems because of the fact that they weren't really built to, uh, undergo the rigors of everything that they wanted the suit to do. So they kept on having to replace, uh, legs and arms and, Things like that because they would rip or the motor would quit working so Leo would have a lazy eye. <laughs> uh, the, the inside of the suit was ungodly hot for the poor people who uh, were inside the suits. One of which was actually Ernie Reyes Jr. who played uh, in the second film, It's Kato. And uh, wait a minute, was that his name? Kano. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, he was the Donatello in the film. And uh, and yes, Corey Feldman was not in that suit. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's a fascinating look at the uh, at the creature shop whenever you look into what it took to actually bring those turtles on screen, because whenever you saw the first photos, I don't know about you, but the first photo I saw was Leonardo sitting underneath a tree meditating. And I it, it was the same thing. I lost my mind. Yeah, because it was like, oh my God, it's real! Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they did it. it was, I felt like Jeff Goldblum seeing a dinosaur for the first time. <laughs> you know, the crazy son of a gun, they did it. Well,
1: I just uh, remember, you know, being a kid and watching the the teaser trailers for the movie, and they never would show any of the turtles. They would just show like flashes, or like, you know, the turtles in the dark or whatever, and then, you know like as the movie got closer they would finally show uh at the end like the end of the the trailer would be uh you know Michelangelo screaming god i love being a turtle and you're just like watching this on TV going like oh my god i got to go see this now
0: give it to me now so it was just a
1: complete <laughs> fever pitch by the time it came out in the theater
0: and you know going back and watching the the original It's levels above the sequels to me. Like, the second one wasn't that bad. You know, introducing Toka and Rezar was pretty cool. But to me, I think one of the reasons why I like the original as an adult is because it kind of embraced a little bit of that darker tone that that the Turtles were originally known for in the comics. But it still had that humor that you could enjoy, like the love of pizza and the catchphrases and everything. But with the sequels, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I feel like they took more of a direction towards the cartoon than than the comics.
2: Well, there's a reason for that, and the reason is uh, parent groups were very vocal with the content of the first film, saying that it was extremely violent because just look at – Raphael was almost beat to death on a rooftop. Yeah. Um And they were, I mean, they were swinging axes at each other, swords, all this kind of stuff. Uh, And Raphael said, damn, a lot. So whenever the second one uh, was being developed, that was a mandate. No curse words. They can't use their weapons. And if you notice... They don't do either of those things, so they they had to do something, and that's why it got more cartoony. Where Michelangelo's using sausages as nunchucks, and Donatello's beating somebody up with a with a feather duster, I think at one point. Yeah, uh, and it, it's it, it's because of the complaints that they receive from those uh, parent groups that this kids movie has the audacity to be violent three short years after the goonies
1: <laughs> <laughs> parent parents group parent groups are always ruining stuff for everybody exactly
0: yeah I mean don't get me wrong the the second movie is still enjoyable to me and then you know the third one came out with the time travel back to ancient D- Japan and yeah that that was it was not a very I'll good be movie. honest
1: I'll be honest I never saw the third one I had dropped off by that point.
2: And I'll be honest, I love the third one. Really? (laughs) I love it to death. And the reason why is so stupid because it's not even it's not even that it's a good movie. It's bad in just a way where I'm like, these people know that they are in a bad movie. (laughs) You know, I mean, the guy who played the villain was so over the top. Yeah. you know, there, there's a scene where he's trying to skip town, and he's like, "Oh shit!" and he turns around and grabs his bird, and 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 you know, I mean, it's just stuff like that 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 I'm like, I really don't think that was written. I think that guy thought that would be funny. <laughs> and then there's all the stuff where all of the uh, samurai are in New York uh, trying to acclimate. It's kind of like the Bill and Ted thing where they leave. Uh, leave the historical well leaves Napoleon with their with Ted's little brother, and only it, instead of Ted's little brother, it's Casey Jones. Um, <laughs> it, it reminded me of that, so I I, I don't know I have a, I have a very special place in my heart for the third Ninja Turtles movie.
0: I can understand that. Yeah, I haven't seen the third one in in a long, long time. The second one I rewatched, I think a year or two ago. But then from there, you know, the movies stopped for a while. They did the live action show, which I never watched. I think it was called The Next Mutation. Yeah, it was garbage. Yeah. It looked like it was like made it. by
2: Saban, the guy who made the Ninja, Dr- uh, not the, the the Power Rangers. The Power Rangers, and it was very similar in terms of plot. And basically, it was a, a, a paint by numbers plot. You know, the uh, something uh something bad happens the bad guy uh you know gets his butt handed to him uh bad guy powers up ninja turtles have to join forces and that's the end of it that's the whole thing and it wasn't that great and but they didn't introduce a new turtle uh oh, the female one yeah um um was it Venus no it was Venus yeah yeah so it was not
0: it was not ideal Yeah, I'm looking at the description now. It says a fifth turtle was introduced, a female named Venus DeMilo, who was skilled in the mystical arts of the Shinobi. The series was intended as a loose connection or continuation of the movie franchise as Shredder had already been defeated and the Ninja Turtles encountered new villains. Interesting. (laughs) Sounds like it. Now, I don't know if you guys ever watched any of this, but they did reboot the cartoon back in the early 2000s. It was on Fox. I think it came out in, let's see, it came out in 2003. It was produced by 4Kids Entertainment and aired on Fox. Did you guys ever watch that?
1: I never watched that. Uh, The only thing I saw, have seen um, recently, like within the last 15 to 20 years, is the... Uh uh, the the new one the the very first of the new movies and also the um the CGI movie they did a few years ago which was really good. Mhm.
2: Yeah. Well, with me, uh, the I was familiar with it. Like I knew that it happened. It's just I didn't watch it because <clears throat> I think I I was in my early twenties at the time. Uh, so I was doing other things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I was not concerned about the Ninja Turtles at that point. In fact. Uh, reboots were kind of new at, at that time frame, yeah. so mm-hmm. I wasn't. I, I mean, I was like, I, "We all, no thanks, I already got one." <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> you know? yeah, the cartoon. I didn't watch the full run of it because it, it kind of took a weird turn later on in the in the series, but it started out really well. It kind of took it back to that grittier feel and you know, look to it. It wasn't as violent as the original movie, but it was a little bit darker than the 87 cartoon. And it took a weird turn because it turned out Shredder was an alien. He was the same type of alien mm-hmm. as Krang. And your I silence says remember
1: it all. Finding out, <laughs> I <don't laughs> remember,
0: yeah. remember finding out
1: exactly what
0: Krang was. Well, in in this cartoon, he's a race of an alien called uh, an Utrum, which is like the little like the little brain, and they have bodies and they're put in the same in the same way as Krang was. They actually did do a cool shout out to Krang because the most of the Utrums were good, but they were stranded on Earth and Donatello helped them build a transporter to get them back to their home planet, so they had to. You know, jump out of their bodies and get on the platform because it couldn't transport metal or whatever. So it shows these two Ootrams that are crawling on the floor, you know, just with their little tentacles. And one of them says, oh, my tentacles hurt already. And the other one says, shut up, Krang. (laughs) So it was actually a, a cool shout out, but... No, it, they revealed that Shredder was like the lone evil utram and he was like red and he had a scar on his eye. It was his look was kind of cool, but the fact that they made him an alien I was like I I don't know about that. Mm. So for after that really I kind of jumped off that cartoon, but they did do a cool movie uh back in the late 2000s called Turtles Forever where the turtles of that cartoon team up with the '80s version of the turtles, and then at the end they team up with the original turtles from the '84 <laughs> comic. And just wow, seeing this... <laughs> seeing three teams of turtles was kind of cool. That's interesting.
1: This is kind of turning into like a uh, <clears throat> kind of like a Final Fantasy timeline now.
2: <laughs> it kind of is. Wait right till <laughs> you hear about the new one, because. Uh, the new one is is very interesting in that, um, like, they just recently released, uh, I don't know if this is, like, a separate show or if it's part of the main show, but it was Ninja Turtles Stories, I think it is. And it was, like, an origin story of, Master, uh, of the Turtles. And, you know, they have it where the Krang which is what they call the uh, Krang's entire race are the Krang. (laughs) And, (laughs) uh, and they are the ones that had the ooze that turned them into, uh, that turned them into, um, humanoid. uh, Yeah. The mutants. So what it was is, uh, the master splinter was actually coming from the pet store, saw these two guys with this thing. And he was like, you know, that's weird. And he followed them into an alley, and, you know, it, the they drop the Ooze, he drops the Turtles, and the history is made. And then the whole thing is about how the Krang are trying to find Splinter and the Turtles because they have been mutated by their uh, mutagen, and they needed to perform tests on them. So that's why they hide in the sewers, uh, because the Krang are always try- searching And it's like I'm like, wow, okay, (laughs) this is this is way more involved than I was led to believe. Yeah,
0: I've never heard of that before.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it just it just came on uh, the other day.
0: Wow, that's pretty interesting. I watched it with my little girl. She loves that show.
1: Huh? I had no idea they were doing a a new show. No, yeah, it's it's been on for years. Huh. I'm so out of the loop, like, I'm still <laughs> stuck on, like, the, you know, the 80s Turtles. Like, that. that's my Turtles.
2: Well, you know who Sean, A- uh, do you know who Sean Astin is? Do you know who Raphael's played by? It's Sean Aston. I gave it away. But, uh, he's, <laughs> he's Raphael now, and, uh, um...
1: Are they just Lee going Ma- after all the Goonies to, uh, <laughs> to do voices for the Turtles now?
2: Yes, no, um, the, what's his name, um... God, I can't remember who's who does Leonardo. I think it's Seth Green now is Leonardo, but in the first se- season it was uh, Jason Biggs from uh, American Pie. Really? Yeah, uh, but now it's uh, Seth Green, and the guy who does Michelangelo is the same guy who does Beast Boy in the Teen Titans Go series. And I already said who Donatello is. That's a uh, uh, Robert Paulson, the uh, original Raphael.
1: Oh, of course he is. He does every voice for everything.
2: Oh, he's so he's so great.
0: <laughs> All of the voices.
2: Yeah, I mean, whenever I uh, got Pinky in the brain, he is Pinky, uh, and uh, pop figures. I said, "Oh my goodness, look how great it is!" And he commented on my post saying "narfy," and <laughs> I I was like, "Oh my god." I bet no one will know who this is that just commented
0: on this but me. <laughs> you know. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, did you guys see either of the newer movies that came out? I think the the first of the new ones came out in like 2014. And then yeah, the yeah, the Out of the Shadows came out last year. Yeah, I saw the first one.
1: I saw the first one. I haven't seen the second one.
2: Yeah, I wanted to see the second one. It's just I I haven't had a chance. Uh, the
1: the first one was pretty bad.
0: Yeah, the second one's not much better. I I, I thought it was okay.
1: I mean, it wasn't. Um... I didn't think it was as bad as Transformers, but it's still. I mean, it's bad. Don't get me wrong. It it doesn't. <laughs> you know, it it doesn't have the magic that the original like 1989 movie had, but it was enjoyable.
2: I could just see that on a movie poster now. Not as bad as Transformers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anything Michael Bay, not as bad as Transformers.
2: Uh, the, you know the the thing is, it wasn't
0: very turtle like i mean first off they're ugly um i hate the the fact that they're like 10 feet tall yeah Yeah. they're
2: super tall and and my and the dialogue is terrible there was a line where he says that we're going to drain every drop of blood out of these turtles even if it kills them well no duh (laughs) 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 that is Uh. that is bound to happen
0: now the That's a Michael Bay movie. What do you expect? The worst line from that movie was when April went to visit uh, whatever his name was, William Fickner's character, in that like mansion or whatever in the mountains, and he opens the door and he says, oh, looks like April came early this year.
2: Well, oh, if you'd uh, excuse me, I'm going to leave the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember
0: sitting there like, what the hell am I watching? Uh, but the um, the second one is, is a little better. It's a it's more like the cartoon. They do introduce Bebop and Rocksteady, which is kinda cool. But yeah, yeah. but just the fact that they're all like ridiculously huge just bothers me. Yeah. And I don't really know why. Because you know, in the cartoon they're like what, five feet or five feet four at the most.
2: Yeah, they're I mean they're a little bit shorter than everybody. It's it's well, it when makes they're sense, feet, they're turtles.
0: When they're ten feet tall, how the
1: hell are they supposed to get in and out of manholes? Yeah. <sighs> exactly.
0: You're messing with logic. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, don't tell Michael Bay. Oh, uh, he won't care. <laughs> and it, it was he kinda And it was kinda cool seeing Stephen Emile who plays you know Oliver Queen in the Arrow show. It was good. Uh, yeah. It was good seeing him in like, in an m- actual movie, like a big-budget movie, but the way they wrote Casey Jones was terrible. I won't say it's Emile's fault. It was the way they presented his character. It was very, very bad.
1: Mm-hmm. So do you think he did that movie because he, he really wanted to do it, or was do you think he was contractually obligated?
2: Well... I mean Steven Emil gotta eat. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean that's I mean that's that's the long and short of it right there. I mean if you were cast as, as Casey Jones, I mean, wouldn't you do it? <laughs> oh, I'd be there in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, I, I could even see you as Casey Jones.
0: Yeah. yeah. Maybe one day. If uh if any of us ever make it and we do a, a Turtles reboot, you'll be you'll be our Casey Jones. <laughs> awesome. I can do it. I'm here to destroy the Toidles. <laughs> Say your prayers, Toidles. Say your
2: prayers, Toidles.
0: Uh, I love Bebop and Roxy. Those were two of my favorite characters from just from that universe. Oh, they're yeah. so stupid, yeah. but they're so fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I still and have my I toys really from back in the playing.
2: 80s.
0: <laughs> or whatever that noise is he makes.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: I wish I had Technodrome, though. If I could still go
1: back and like have one toy <clears throat> from the 80s, I never had a Technodrome and always wanted one.
0: Me too. Yeah, that would have been cool. Uh, favorite non-Turtle character?
1: Uh, I like Usagi Yojimbo.
2: Interestingly enough, he was on a recent episode of, huh, of the new cool. episode new series.
1: I remember uh, they made a Usagi Yojimbo uh separate comic book for a while.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, well, Usagi came from a different comic book. Oh, did he? Yeah, he, he he started on his own series in Mirage Comics. And uh well, I think it was Mirage, but uh then they put him in the Turtle uh it, 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 basically a crossover and now most people know him from the crossover.
1: Huh, that's cool. I didn't know that at all. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Learn something new every day.
2: Another thing that you might not know is that uh I I don't have <laughs> I don't have a favorite non-turtle character. Um the per se uh because I mean, it, would it would it be cheating <laughs> if if I were to say that my favorite non-turtle character was the Shredder?
0: no because no, that's because like that's that. the bad Works.
2: guy I don't know if that's if that's not not allowed here, and the reason why is because he was so and I'm talking the series he was very funny yeah <laughs> you know he he you know he he was just so stupid and that you know he was he was voiced brilliantly um by Uncle Phil. what was his name <laughs> I forgot his uh, name oh, um,
0: let me look that up real quick.
2: But um, – and it was one of the – he always had that tonight I died on turtle soup, you know, that, that kind of thing. I just always thought he was a cool character, and I always thought that that costume is completely ridiculous. You would cut yourself so much. <laughs> yeah. Just well, putting it, it on.
1: <laughs> he's very reminiscent of Darth Vader, so I think that's what kind of makes him likable as a villain. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: And James Avery was the actor. That's name. right.
1: That's a James Avery. James Avery. Uncle yep. Phil. Uh, yeah. I think Shredder's an awesome character, especially for a villain. And then you have, you know, Krang kind of pulling the strings, uh, you know, of all their evil doings on the TV show, and they're always bumbling it. I mean, it just made for great cartoon television.
2: Yeah. And that's one of the things that I think a lot of the other adaptations really don't do is that they don't focus on the shredder Krang relationship like the original did. And I think that's to its detriment because that was one of the reasons why those characters worked is because they work well together.
0: Yeah. 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 I would say the shredder is mine as well, just because I, I love the, the relationship he has also with, The Turtles and Splinter, they're all kind of tied together because of, you know, Splinter and Shredder's history from Japan and then going to America and they kind of rekindle their rivalry. So just that that longevity of a story that spans, you know, so many years. I I just I really love the story behind the Shredder. Yeah. But last question before we get out of here, what do the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mean to you?
1: uh, they're just a huge part of my childhood. You know, I kind of lump them together in the same kind of, uh, you know, I I lump them in the same kind of childhood category as like the, the 1989 bat, you know, Tim Burton's Batman and, uh, Ghostbusters and things of that nature. It's, it's all just like, if I watch that movie or, you know, watch a, one of the cartoons from the 80s, it takes me right back. And especially, like, playing the Nintendo game. I had so much fun playing it, because it just brings me right back to that time and, and place. Yeah. I mean, the Ninja Turtles just are fun.
2: And that that's what they represent for me, because they're not... Even though you can take them seriously in some of their incarnations, they're giant turtles that fight crime. And... As such, it's just so much fun to think about the idea that there are these. I actually went dressed as a Ninja Turtle Halloween my fourth grade, and I remember the costume was basically a um, a, a like a I don't even know what it was. It was like a foam shell, and <laughs> uh, you know. I had to wear green pants and a green shirt underneath it my own because it only came with the shell <laughs> I wasn't gonna run around naked and uh they had a uh, like a bald cap that was green and a uh and a series of three masks and three of the um of the little letters, you know, cause they had their their initial on their belt buckle because Ninja are always invisible. And <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the problem is that, you know, Raphael, I mean, not Raphael, Donatello was not a part of it. You could either be Leonardo, uh, Raphael or, or Michelangelo. You could not be Donatello. Um, and I always thought that was weird and uh, somehow, you know, Completely against nerds. I don't understand. Uh, so, but uh, of course, I chose to be Michelangelo, and and it was fun. That was also the year I found out that ghost busting wasn't a real thing.
1: Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, just you know, I had that uh, sense of childhood wonderment still during that time frame, and that's really what it
0: what it is. It's fun, childhood wonderment. Yeah. Yeah, and I think for me, it's. It was a huge part of my childhood. It was, it introduced me to going to a movie theater. Uh, just, it introduced me to just a fun story and a story that I've followed and I've kept up with to an extent almost my entire life. Cause like you said, Jason, it's, it's been there my entire life. And I can just remember so many fun memories as a kid of, You know, watching the show, watching the movie, um, dressing up as I I dressed up as a Ninja Turtle as well for Halloween. I remember distinctly trying to put uh, cereal on pizza because the turtles (laughs) did it, and it did not taste nearly as good as I thought it would. So, did you
1: guys ever see the YouTube video of uh, James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd? where they went through and they, they made a list of all the different pizzas that the Turtles ate through the entire cartoon series in the 80s. Yes. And they made those pizzas and taste-tested them.
0: Oh, I've got to watch that. It, it was hilarious.
1: Hilarious and yet disgusting.
0: Uh uh. I uh, will yeah I'll have to check that out. But no the the Ninja Turtles it, it's still one of my favorite fandoms. You know, if I were to make a list of top 5 things that I'm a fan of, Ninja Turtles would be in that top 5 for sure. Yeah. But uh in closing, do you guys want to plug your show so everybody can can listen to it?
1: Wally, you plug PCP, I'll plug Nerd Cave Retro. That
0: sounds gross. No. Uh <laughs> Well, I want to say that
2: uh, we are a part of the Pop Culture Palette, which is a podcast that is about chasing your dreams and the process of making stuff. So everyone has a dream. Everyone has that one thing that you want to do, and we cater to those who want to be creators. Uh, We have uh, Jason on the show, who, of course, is an actor. He is a writer. He also was in a band for quite a number of years, Years. uh, multiple bands, but uh, a one signed band. And uh, we have Stephen Stephen Scott, who is a comic book artist currently working on Normandy Gold. Uh, The comic series, a highly recommended, wonderful artwork. Uh, There is uh, Steffi Luhu. Uh, She is a Twitch streamer. She uh, is available at twitch.com slash Steffi Luhu. And you can see her stuff there, and there's me, and I don't do anything. Uh, yes. There, no, uh, I'm a, no, I, I'm a writer and a, um, and a damn fine one at that. So uh, we. Uh, we and sometimes I run by by on, on screen. So we talk about what we actually are, uh, what we're doing, as well as what we think about entertainment and try to talk to different people in the entertainment industry to show you for those people who are broken inside and need to create to feel alive. And uh, that's really what, what it's about. And uh, interestingly enough, we have a Patreon and the only reason I'm even mentioning it is because we have a bunch of fun off-topic shows on Patreon. So for for uh, it's basically a pay-per-view. And for a dollar, you get to hear uh, the our different trivia games, uh, a- as well as just us talking about Disney and things that are just a little bit off-topic. Uh, this next one coming up, our p- next pay-per-view, so to speak, is going to be drunk trivia. And uh, it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be me versus Jason and uh, in a battle of the sloshed. Uh, <laughs> and you can actually go back and listen to the, the previous ones. Uh, we have one undefeated person on this on our show. And uh, let me just say that that video game, the video game trivia episode is the best one we've ever done. And I am so proud of that show. So That was so back, fun. Uh, go back and and listen to it, and uh, it's it's. I, I don't think you'll be. It's at uh, pcpradio.com, and uh, you can also just dial, uh, dial. Search for Pop Culture Palette on anything that you listen uh, to podcasts through.
1: You know, I was actually thinking about taking that particular episode and just releasing it on our regular feed, just to like give people a taste of what our extra shows every month are like. Um, because we do do the extra show every month that are exclusive that we record exclusively for the Patreon. But on top of that, I record all the pre and post show stuff and compile those together also once a month and release that as an episode as well. Yeah, strictly for the uh, the patreon people.
2: And that's terrifying because we forget that he's recording us.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Sometimes I have to cut a lot of stuff out because we talk about things that we're not allowed to talk about on on the air. That like sounds fantastic.
0: Boobs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I would like to plug Derek and I uh, on our show, the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast, which you can find at nerdcaveretro.com. Um, we, every week we talk about, uh, we each take turns reviewing old video games, and mostly it's, uh, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64. Uh, we've done a couple of different systems, I think, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, you did a PlayStation. Yeah, I've done uh, one PlayStation. Of, uh, yeah. So we just go back and we talk about old games. Uh, and each week we we do a news segment where we talk about the retro gaming news for the week, or we talk about you know stuff that Nintendo's doing, or, or any kind of ret- anything related to retro gaming. We do the news. And we also cover uh, this week in video game history or this month in video game history. And we talk about all the cool stuff that has uh, led us to this point. And um, you can get that show at NerdCaveRetro.com or just download it from anywhere that you uh, you get your podcast from.
0: Both shows you should definitely, definitely check out. Well, yeah. guys, thank you very much for coming on the show to talk about Ninja Turtles. It was great.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Always love talking turtles.
0: My thanks again to Jason and Wally for taking the time to do that fantastic roundtable. Be sure to check out both the Pop Culture Palette and the Nerd Cave Retro podcast on all podcasting platforms everywhere. Next week is the kickoff to the NFL season. It's something I've been looking forward to well since the day after the Super Bowl. So I'll be doing a special NFL kickoff episode with my friends Adam Waldron, Ian Waldron, and Joey Trincalli. We'll be talking about our respective teams and what we just expect to see in the NFL for the 2017 season. So be sure to come back and check out that fun episode. But until then, you can check out past episodes of the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. You can also follow me on social media, on Facebook, to search for the Derek Diamond Experience on Twitter and Instagram. My page is at D Diamond Podcast, and my personal Twitter page is at Derek underscore diamond. And I think that does it for this week's show. So enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday. <laughs> Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production. Are you looking for new original music? If so, you should check out my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers. The Unicorn Wranglers are a local indie rock band based right here in Pensacola, Florida, and they are very important to this podcast, and that's because they supply the theme music that you hear at the beginning and end of each episode. And the song you heard today is D-Rock, the official theme song of the Derek Diamond Experience. You can also check out their music on Bandcamp. Just go to bandcamp.com and search for the Unicorn Wranglers. And you can hear Murder Mystery Night and 95 Flannel for free. That's my favorite four-letter word, free. You can also follow them on social media. Just search for them on Facebook. And follow them on Twitter and Instagram at URanglers. And finally, be sure to visit their website, unicornwranglers.com.